Savage. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. to another post-game episode of the Cloudgate Sports Podcast. Uh, we had the Bulls defeating the Mavericks tonight, 117-101, and the Blackhawks falling once again uh, to the Florida Panthers, 5-2, to two, correct? Correct. 5-2, to two, yeah. Uh, very rough game for the Hawks. Very positive game from the uh, Bulls. Just two total different sides of town here. We're going to break it down, uh, talk about some key players. We're going to have our players of the game, just like we did last uh, episode, what, two days ago? So yeah, two days ago. So, yeah, we're going to get into it. We're going to start with the Hawks, correct, Pat? Yeah, let's get all the bad stuff out of the way first. That's yeah. kind of my, my mindset. So the Hawks do lose 5-2 to two against Florida. They fall to 0-3 on the season, and they have given up 15 goals in three games, which is just absolutely disgusting to even realize what's going on. Like we have serious issues in that we have Subban who played the first game, let up five goals and he just really is struggling and being able to control his rebounds. We have Delia get the start uh, game two against Tampa as well as game one tonight against Florida. Again, just mishaps, mishaps of either handling the puck behind the net or just like running into your own defenseman. There has been, I don't know why the fuck he thought that he was able to go out that far. He went out way too far on that. Yeah, he did. He lost his footing and it drove some contact with his defenseman in front of him. And it's just, there have been too many miscues for a goaltender right there to the point where I'm like, how the fuck is Lincoln not like Lincoln? Like I said this, I said this last episode that Lincoln has to start tonight. There's zero lineup changes tonight. Uh, It's the same squad that we ran. We ran against Tampa in game two, which I guess kind of makes sense because you're anticipating us to play pretty well like we did early on in that Tampa game. And, you know, Kyle makes no changes. Lincoln it doesn't get the start. I mean, he's I think he's got to play. He's got to start at some point. And I feel like now after the debacle of these first three games of giving up 15 goals in three games, I mean, you have two goaltenders that have had some time in the NHL, nothing too crazy. They haven't proven themselves. And then you have a goaltender in Lankin who's won a championship with the defense. Like, you got to start looking at stuff like that. You need to give them a shot. Because we're already going to – we already suck this year. We're not going to be good. We don't have any talent. It's It's got to be It's got to be a learning curve. You have to let guys develop. And who knows? Lankin, his goal is to be the number one uh, goalie for the Hawks in the future. You have to give him an opportunity. And I think after giving up 15 goals in three games, Lankin has to get a start at some point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like you said – I mean, we do not have a number one goaltender like we had in Crawford where, you know, every night he, we're going to have the same guy in that. This is a tryout. 
right here. It doesn't matter, especially now at this point. I've already kind of figured out that the Hawks aren't going to do jack shit. So this is a tryout for the rest of the year for these three guys. you got to give each one a fair chance. And to have Delia go back in and now, again, give up five goals. He's averaging five goals a game. Uh, it's that's that's really bad, and the goaltending was awful. I know what I'll give uh, Delia a break on the redirect goal. That was just that was tough to save. That's a tough one. Yeah, so I'll give him a break on that one. But the other ones were just stupid uh, mishaps. He's young, uh, so uh, there's going to be a learning curve. But if you've been playing hockey your whole life, you got to know these things. And he's making mistakes that he shouldn't be making. Yeah, 100%. And when you look in the plus-minus stat line, too, not one Chicago Blackhawk was in the plus category. Um, So you're never going to win when you're doing that either. Um, And the fact that we're giving up five goals a game is just unacceptable. Uh, You're just not going to win hockey games. Um, I know know we're going to go through a rough patch um, this season. It's going to be tough. Um, And like you said, Mahoney, it's it's, it's a tryout. Everyone should get a fair shake because, honestly, we – <laughs> I mean, you could we could flip stuff around and try different things, and that's what we're gonna have to do. It's it's gonna be basically a a big a big um, science project almost if you look at it this season. We got to put people, see who they work with well, and then kind of see what we need to improve on too. Um, obviously, we're starting to see that early um, with goaltending. Um, defense has always kind of been been a big issue, um, so it's just it, it's going to be a long long season. Um, and I'm going to stick to my guns, and you know I think I'm going to start betting money line every time against the Blackhawks, especially if they're giving up five five goals a game, and it's not good. And especially against, you know, yeah, Tampa Bay probably probably not going to put up a pretty good fight against them. Um, but the the Panthers, hopefully, we were looking for a closer game, keep it within a goal, and that didn't happen. Um, so especially with it being their first game of the year, too. Correct. Yep. So it's not good. Not looking good, boys. No, it's not, and I kind of want to go into it in terms of, uh, and I mean, shots on goal was pretty pretty close. It was 29-24 in favor of the Panthers. Um, you know, really, I want to talk about, honestly, Adam Boquist, because he's just, he's yeah. just not performing at all. He, he didn't take a shift in the final eight minutes of the second period. He got bumped off the first power play line. Uh, Dunk Keith took that spot, and... Uh, we ended up scoring in the power play, too. I mean, hey, I guess if you want us to find some sort of a positive, it's Alice Brinkett in our power play unit. Uh, it's, it seems that once once we get, you know, Oakless wasn't on this line, we're able to actually get situated. We only had, I think we only had 40 seconds spent in zone on that power play where we scored on. And once we got settled and got our feet underneath us and we got some good movement on the puck, we were able to find to bring it on the weak side and he can bury one home. You know, we have the, the shooters – like, we have the skill set. We just don't have the chemistry. And I, I popped in the Barcelona Chiefs. Uh, he, he went on live during the second period shortly after uh, to bring it goal. And I kind of popped the question there. I'm like, what do you think about – this was before Bocas got bumped off. And he was like – I'm like, Bocas has to go, right? He can't be on this first power play line anymore. He'll say, obviously, when I say has to go, it's the power play, not the team. Um, and he's like, Bocas is a very skillful defenseman. In terms of he has a hell of a shot, he can skate very well. He just lacks the IQ of just that on ice IQ, and that kind of goes on to something. It's hard to teach IQ. You can you can't really teach skill. It's a God given talent. It's whatever you have is what you have, and Bokus has that. It's the IQ that's the issue, and that kind of falls into they 
they re-signed Jeremy Colleton because he's a young, a whisperer for the young hockey players. And you have a guy like Boquist who, at this point, he's in his own head. I mean, he's that young. He's had a horrible three-game start off the season. He's got bumped off. He had eight minutes he, on the He had a bad la- season last year, too. Yeah, he, he had some bright spots, but, I mean, nothing compared to what it is right now. Um, and uh, it's just it, – it's it's not counting at that point. You have to either uh, – Kelby Yuck, I think, is our, our – at the moment, our seventh center. Um, it's a, you gotta be, this was the thing, too, is they said they were going to start benching defensemen. They were going to see a lot of rotation of defensemen this year and have a lot of healthy scratches. Okay, man, own up to your word and do it and sit Boquist down and talk him through the mistakes. If you're that, if you're if you resign to become a whisperer of the young hockey players, that's Joe Quenville couldn't do. You need to really sit down and talk to Boquist because he's not having a good time on the ice. And I don't see an issue with that because it's we're going through growing pains right now and we're going to be going through these growing pains for a while. It's these key points in young players' careers that you need to really hunker down on and pull them off to the side and talk to them. And that's on Colin at that point. Another another quick stat line too um, that I see as a positive are hits thirteen to eight in favor of the Hawks. I've always been a big proponent um, on in the past of the saw uh, the Hawks kind of get dom- dominated in that category, um, especially with Shaw being out last year um, and just no one really having a bully. Um, we, we we've kind of been so um, blessed to have um, Bufflin and Shaw in the past to kind of rough people up, um, and I think that's a big proponent to you know kind of Chicago Blacks. Blackhawks hockey is just kind of being that kind of bully team, and we haven't had them in the past. So if they can keep that up too, I think that will create turnovers um, and hopefully lead to some goals as well. Um, but that's another great point. This this, this year is going to be another um, player development year. Um, and if it, it, and it just seems – it's just we go back to this, like, we don't know what's going on. If, if Carlton's this big player development you – know, he, he, he's like a god to these youth players – and we just don't see it. We, there seems to be no communication. Um, and it's very puzzling, and it's very worrisome, too. If we're not correcting these young players, then we're, then we're fucked for the next five to ten years. Because these guys are our future. Yes, I agree 100%. Uh, speaking of defensemen, uh, we got a little update on Brent Seabrook. Uh, Jeremy Colleton said that he's hoping that he'll be on the ice soon. Said that a couple days ago. After the game today, he got asked that question again. And this time it seemed like a little iffy. Colleton said that he has not been on the ice since last time they talked. And it doesn't seem like he's going to be back in the near future. So take that as you will. Uh, I think that's a bad sign. Uh, Especially considering that a couple days ago he said he's going to be on the ice soon. And now Colleton kind of traces back on his answer and it's kind of up in the air. Uh, do we think that Seabrook comes back at all? Yeah, I, I think he will at some point. If they're being truthful that it is just a tweak back, I think he will. At this point, if Seabrook does really want to keep playing and further his career, and he's under contract for the Hawks, that's cool. I'm cool with that. If he does, if he's that, he obviously he's an older guy. If he's wants to keep playing. Don't rush him back. That's kind of the way I view it. Throw these rookies on the ice. Let We're not going to be a good team. Yeah. Let them learn. Let them play. And don't rush. Don't rush Seabrook to come back. That's kind of my viewpoint. Yeah, 100%. I think the, the kind of the main issue with Seabrook, too, in the, the past couple of years is 
everyone's he, he's been slower, and I think it's because he hasn't been one hundred percent healthy. Um, so if if we really want him to see him back on the ice, and he do he does need to get back to one hundred percent, and it's going to be a long year. So he needs to um, he needs to kind of take that time off, and he, I think he's also going to be a big part too in helping these younger players develop. He needs to sit down um, too with these younger defensemen and kind of explain what they're doing wrong and how they can correct themselves. So right now, I think he needs to be more of a coach, and then when he's back to 100%, he can definitely hop back on that ice, and I would love to see that because we definitely um, he definitely deserves it. Definitely. Um, does Is there a certain number of players that you can have on long-term IR? Uh, that I do not know. Okay. Because I, I was just thinking, since we already have two, if that might be the max, because I would imagine Seabrook would possibly find his way on there if he's going to be out for 10-plus games. Yes. Uh, the, the idea that they haven't placed him on it yet is a, a glimmer of hope at the moment, because then that means they can see him back within 10 games. So, I don't know. Long-term IR really is tricky. Um, I mean, honestly, in 2015 against that Tampa Bay team, a huge reason why we won is when Kane went on the long-term IR, him freeing up some cap space with him moving there, allowed us to add on some players. Um, I think Brad Richards might have been one of those players we added before the trade deadline that played into our favor. That really helps us in the long run that season. It, it really is tricky. Do I trust Stan and, and Cowden manning that at the moment? Probably not. But I think if you want to look at it from the play, the fact that Seabrook's not on a long-term IR at the moment is somewhat of a promising sign. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our players of the game. Uh, I will go first. I'm going to go with Duncan Keith. That man is just an absolute machine. Uh, he had two assists tonight and 25 minutes plus on the ice. I, he's just a machine, and he does so much for this team. So two assists, a lot of playing time. Uh, played good tonight, too, so he's my player of the game. Yeah, and you have to look at that, too, is he also stepped up and took Boquist's spot. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that that's a leader that you have in your team. That, you know, he know, he understands his role, but he understands that, hey, I may not be the top dog anymore in terms of a power play unit, but next man up. And, and Colin called his name, and he stepped up to the plate. Uh, Keith, yeah, Keith was the one who handed off that pass to Debrinket to hammer one home on the backside in that power play. If I were to go one, um, I think I got to go Debrinket again, even though he's minus two on the stat sheet. I mean, he's had two goals in two games, uh, both both of them coming on the power play. He's kind of really taking uh, a stance through. He realized he was not good last year, and he's making his name known. He's like, listen, I had a bad season last season. I'm aware of that. I'm going to prove everybody wrong this season. And he had a goal and assist in Tampa game two, and now he's got a goal tonight. And he's becoming a consistent guy on that uh, on the power play. And I guess that's the glimmer of hope you have to look at. I mean, we've struggled on the power play for so much over the past couple of seasons that if we can, you know, generate some sort of offense or we're able to score goals, at least one goal a game from a power play, I'll take it. So I'm going to go to break it on mine. For sure. And I'll, I'll go Connor Murphy. Um, the other goal tonight um, scored. He also had a hit on the stat sheet, and he had 22-plus minutes. Um, he's also wearing an A right now, um, so he's kind of turning into a leader, hopefully, for the defensive line along with Keith. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can continue to bring that physical aspect as well um, because he is one of our more physical guys, if you can consider him that. Um, so if he can keep it up and keep on scoring from the blue line, we'll, we'll, I think we'll be okay. 
All right, that does it for the Hawks. Again, the Hawks lose 5-2 to two in a nail-biter uh, tonight. <laughs> they play again on Tuesday against uh, Florida. Michael or Subban is the projected goalie for Tuesday. So I don't get it, man. I really don't. I don't get it. Uh, uh, unless there's a waiver issue there, mm-hmm. I, that might be something I'm not aware of. But like, you're, it's, it's not like you're sending any. It's a taxi squad thing. It's very similar to what the MLB did, where it's not like if you if you start Lankinen, you have to send Delia or Subban down, and they'd have to clear waivers if they're going to Rockford. That's my issue. At this point, if he's taxi squad and there's no waiver issues with matching either of those guys, why don't you do it? I genuinely don't know. Hey, but also, I'm a 21-year-old in college. I don't know shit, so I guess so. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the Bulls, though. I'm yes, the part. Bulls, very exciting tonight, winning once, well, mid-afternoon, winning 117-101. to 101. Uh, They're 2-0 this season against the Dallas Mavericks, who have been a little bit of a disappointment this year. Uh, so the Bulls, there are a lot of positives to take from this game. So we'll start with that, and then I have one big negative that I want to talk about. So positives, boys, start shooting them out. Uh, yeah. for sure. You can go, Pat. Go ahead, Pat. Right. Uh, for me, honestly, it's our bench. Um, yes. It, last last game we had against uh, Thunder. We were our bench was not there. Uh, all five of our starters were, I think, north of 14 or 15 points. The bench wasn't there to offer any assistance. Granted, we didn't help ourselves by having 24 turnovers. Uh, tonight, the bench stepped up. Now, the bench for the Mavericks is severely depleted due to COVID issues. So we had guys like, you know, we had a game, we had a tough game out of Zach Levine and Kobe White. Zach Levine did have 10 points and 10 assists. Kobe White didn't even have a, a shot or didn't even have a bucket. He had three boards and four assists. Uh, and you guys had you had guys like Garrett Temple, Otto Porter, and Thad Young. They had 21, 14, and 15 off the bench. That's a huge reason why we won this game. Um, you know, Warry Markin had a hell of a game of the starters, but being able is that that game, the stat line reminded me, the stat line of today's game reminded me of the bench mob bulls back in the day, where you actually had a solid asset coming off the bench to be able to produce more. So now I'm not saying that Otto Porter, Garrett Temple, and Thad Young or anything close to Taj, Ronnie Brewer, all CJ Watson, all those guys. But still, it, it was the same idea. And honestly, my biggest thing too, not only is our bench having a hell of a game, it's our response. That's what that's what happens with Billy Donovan as your head coach. We have an embarrassing loss against the Thunder. We shot ourselves in the foot, and Billy Donovan recouped the team. He made sure we went over our mistakes. We made sure we stressed things we did well, and we came back and we won against a good team. And we look at Donchas is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, so I think, yeah, our bench and just our response overall as a team was it's awesome to see. We haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Pat. Um, you kind of just touched on it right there, but that's not the old Bulls we know. Um, we would be down and down for the count for a while, um, and we'd go on some pretty bad streaks. If we're able to respond, I think that we will have a uh, have a pretty consistent year. Um, whether it's being 500 or whatever you want to see the Bulls at. Um, I think another quick point um, to touch on with our bench, too, we had five guys play 10-plus minutes, which is huge, and it just shows the depth of our um, bench as well. And hopefully everyone can stay healthy, um, unlike where the Mavericks had their COVID issues. Um, And also, it's always good to see, too, um, when your two kind of main point scorers um, don't really have a good night, you have someone else step up like marketing. So I think those are my positives for this game. Um, and they just need to build off it now. Um, it's, it's, and, and like I said, it's always a good sign when your two best players, um, 
don't score combined. Our two best point scorers score ten points, um, and then we win by sixteen. That's 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 a pretty good look for our next game. So keep it up, and hopefully we can build off it. Yes, uh, Wendell Carter also had five steals tonight. Absolutely remarkable from him. I still want to see his boards get up a little bit more. He only had seven tonight. I think that's a little bit of a concern for a center, not uh, getting double-digit uh, rebounds. But the five steals kind of make up for it. He, had, he was very good in the paint today. Okay, I want to talk about Kobe White for a second here. I'm not worried about the donut hole. I get it. It's whatever. I'm worried about the seven shots he took the whole game. He needs to keep shooting. He's a young guy. He can't be afraid to pull the trigger even though he's 0 for 7. Uh, being a starting point guard with this team, you got to have more shots than 7. You can't be scared. I want to see him chuck up some shots. I, I, I'm okay with him going 2 for 15, 2 for 20, whatever. I want him to work through his struggles, especially when we know that we're not going anywhere this year. 0 for 7 isn't good enough for me. 0 for 10, maybe. I, I need more shots from him. I need him to give a little bit more effort on the shots. Pat, let's hear it. I mean, I don't I don't hate that take, but in my opinion, I view it as Kobe started off cold. He realized that he just had a he just had a lid on the rim. He was that wasn't able to hit a bucket. So he's like, Okay, if I'm not gonna be a scorer this game, I can do other other things in the court that can help my team do well. Granted, he like I said, he only had three boards and four assists. But as a point guard position, being a facilitator in general is very important. So I don't hate the fact he took five, seven shots. It's it's the idea that if you realize early on, and I think this is this is kind of the way I view it, is he misses. He's off to a cold start to start off the game. He realizes his shots not falling. He's mature enough to realize that I'm not going to keep shooting out of this, and we need to win this game. But I have guys in the court that are hitting like three bench players. I'm going to do what my best to facilitate to them and. You know, help the help the team best I can without really affecting the stat sheet. For me, that's a maturity thing. Um, you could probably say that with or see that with other rookies, where you know maybe a guy like Trey Young, if they're off to a cold start, they're going to keep shooting until they get that one shot. Kobe kind of realized that early and's like, all right, I got I got to focus on other aspects of the game, and I think that's what he did. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I think there's two different sides to look at that at that point. But all the, regardless, too, who knows? Billy Donovan might have pulled him off. It's like, hey, you know, don't worry about the shots. Do whatever else. Do whatever you can do else in the court. You know, um, and also too, there's a. I don't want any other coach talking to Kobe White after this game and talking about the rough game you had than Billy Donovan. So you have to look at it from both sides. I don't hate it, but I wouldn't say it's that big of a negative. I think that I think that's a great point right there, Pat. Um, especially since he's so young too. He's gonna have these games um, where he's just not feeling himself. Um, and like you said, I think that's definitely a maturity thing. Um, it's his second year, so he's definitely starting to fall right into understanding when he's not hidden and when he needs to do something else. Um, if you really want to kind of look in the numbers and get concerned about something, and, and I wouldn't even be concerned about this either, um, but Levine only has 10 points, and he has eight from the free throw line. Um, so that means that he was one for eight from field goal range and 0 for five from three point. Um, like I said, it's all right. These guys aren't going to be scoring 50-plus combined every game. Um, and the fact that we won by 16 is also a good sign. Um, but they both didn't have tonight. Um, and that's that's all I really have to say about those two guys. Yeah, I mean, great game from the Bulls. Uh, I'm, I'm not in any way 
pressing a panic button on any of the nope. players. I'm just saying I'd like to see him put up some more shots. But nope. it's all good. Uh, get him again. Uh, we play next game is on... Is it the Lakers? I believe it's Tuesday. Let's look here. Is it, the Lakers? it might be the Lakers. No, it's the Rockets tomorrow. Rockets tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, get to yep. see the new look uh, Rockets, so that'll be nice to nice to see. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Have, have the Rockets played any games since the Harden trade? Um, let me look. I don't think they did. I don't think they have either. They played, they played Saturday, so no. Because he was traded on Saturday, wasn't he? No, he was traded game. on uh, Thursday. Yeah, no, I'm looking at their players played in, um, wait, is this the Rockets? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he didn't play. He didn't, yeah. Oh, my God, none of these guys. John Wall or Boogie didn't even play either. Yeah, I mean, so Old Depot was technically on the team Saturday, but he didn't play because he didn't clear his fiscal. So uh, this will be, if, if barring that uh, Boogie and John Wall are good to go, as well as uh, Old Depot, that that will be the, the, which is awesome for me to see because you know Patrick Williams is, is going to be the one guarding Old Depot. Yes. Yeah. I think another game, too, kind of looking forward to as well is the game after that on Friday against Charlotte. Um, we can see LaMelo Ball play. He's on fire right now. Um, so we can see how they handle him as well. Um, so I think we got a good stretch, and we have the Lakers on Saturday. So I think it's it's going to be a it's gonna be a, a good test. It's going um, to be a fun week we watching come. Bulls basketball. It will be. It will be. So make sure yeah. you get in tune to that. And this is where you want a guy like Billy Donovan manning the helm. You have back-to-back games against a team like Charlotte that has a, has developed very quickly in a dynamic duo of Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball and then going right into another game against the Lakers. That's the thing, too, is like Patrick Williams is going to have his handful against the Charlotte, the Hornets, and he's going to have his handful against the, the Lakers, too. And I'm assuming, too, that they're going to have Anthony Davis back for the Lakers, too, which he didn't play against us the first time we only lost by two points. But we, I don't think we had Laurie in that first game either. So, granted, obviously, AD is better than Laurie, but still. So, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. We do have, a, we have like, three, four off days. We play Monday, then don't play again until Friday. So, Billy Donovan will make sure to – to get the team get the team back into a good rhythm and relax a little bit, and then we'll come off firing and all cylinders against Charlotte. Definitely. So that does it for this. Oh, player of the game. Player of the game. Yes, let's do our player of the game. My player nice. of the game is uh, Lori. So yeah. I mean, it's pretty tough not to give it to him. Great game. He's been amazing since he's came, come back from injury, uh, just improving each game. So it's great to see. Especially with this being his contract year, he's really showing out. Yeah, I, it's hard. I, I hate to be that guy. I'm going Lori, too. I mean, you have a guy coming back from injury that has shown off pretty two efficient starts over the past two games. Also going going up against Chris Aps Porzingis. 29 points, 10 boards, 3 assists. 10 of 19 from shooting. 7 of 8 from the free throw line. And he's also got – how many minutes yeah, How many minutes do you have? Uh, it doesn't even say. I'm 30. 33 minutes. So, dude, imagine coming off a calf contusion. You're still playing 33 minutes a game, and you're putting up that stat line against a solid defensive person in, in, in Porzingis. So, I, I think it's it's got to be uh, marked in on my end, too. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'll switch it up, though, and I'll go Garrett Temple. Um, coming off the bench with 29 minutes, that's still pretty impressive. Um, and 21 points, especially when those two guys, um, your two-point scorers, aren't scoring. Um, that'll be huge. Three rebounds, three assists. Um, nine from 15 field goal range and two for, two for four from three point range two uh, one block and two steals so um, he's definitely deserving as well 
Um, but we don't want to take the uh, spotlight from away from Markin just because um, he definitely, definitely kind of deserves some positive light. Um, but Garrett Temple, good job as well. Definitely. Uh, I would also like to shine some light on the opposing team with Luka Doncic. I just want to throw this in here because he's absolutely unbelievable. Yes. 36 points, 16 rebounds, 15 assists. It, he did have 36 shots. No, he had 41 shots today. So he, he was chucking them up today. So maybe we can see that in Kobe next game. Yeah. Probably. Between Kobe and Zach. I mean, still, still. You got to give him props. Maybe that was his focus for the game. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and that being said, he's 21 years old, and he just passed Michael Jordan on the all-time triple-doubles list for 29. So he's played – I think he's been in the league for three seasons, and he's got 29 triple-doubles. He already pa- he's already passed the greatest ever do it, which is at 21. And all of us are 21, and <laughs> look at us and that. Look at him. So, look look yeah, at look us. us. But, I mean, he's, uh, he's doing some awesome stuff. He's a lot of fun to watch. He, oh, 100%. Honest. All right, that does it for this post-game episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for our Bulls post-game recap as they take on the Rockets at 7 p.m. Central. Uh, make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast needs. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Peace out. Jackson Bank looks up, you can put it on the board, yeah! Taves center for Kane, he's gone! Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Taves! The dynamic duo comes through in overtime! Hawk wins! Looking, finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away! Key to the 20, breaks free of the 25, to the 30, to the outside.